You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. That's right, folks. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philly right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, We are so glad that you are here with us today. As you heard there at the beginning of the show, we are a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we are just glad you are here with us today to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and, uh, frankly, the entire Flyers organization. So I am your host, Amy Johnson. I'm the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He is our founder and our editor-in-chief for all of our Rocket Sports Media uh, publications, and he is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm good. I'm busy, but I'm very good. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, Flyers hockey to talk about today as we move from March to April. It's a very busy time of the year on the hockey calendar. It is. And uh, we have a, a really special show for you today. We've got a, a, a lengthy, in-depth inter- interview uh, with a very special guest uh, that Flyers fans are definitely not going to want to miss. Um, but before we get into that, that's right. With March is uh, kind of coming to an end, which means March Madness is uh, creeping closer to the end. 68 teams started the tournament. Only the best have survived. Sadly, I know Flyers fans, Nova, they're out. Baylor did them in. It stinks. It sucks. But well, I guess we move on. Gonzaga, of course, always, you know, always coming in there. Uh, coming in hot. We'll see how we'll see how the tournament turns out. But DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. You can bet one dollar on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win a hundred dollars. It's that simple. Turning one dollar into one hundred dollars is one hundred to one odds. I'm, mm. I'm the math guy. I just did that in my head. <laughs> that's right. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning a hundred dollars. All it takes is a one dollar bet, and that team winning their next game. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is, and that's with DraftKings Sportsbook. And hey, don't worry. If if college basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers daily odds boosts on pro basketball, hockey, golf, so much more. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and uh, use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, pretty exciting stuff. You know, part of our being affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network is our listeners get access to those special promo codes for DraftKings, who is a sponsor uh, of this show and the Hockey Podcast Network. So we are so thankful to them for that. And trust me, um, you know, it's a it's an exciting time in sports. And uh, particularly if you're a Flyers fan in Jersey or Pennsylvania, uh, Sportsbook is the way to go. DraftKings Sportsbook is the way to go. So I highly recommend you take advantage of that promo code THPN. Uh, The other thing I highly recommend is just uh, kicking back, uh, grabbing a cold drink and some snacks and and settle in for this episode of the Press Zone Philadelphia because uh, we, uh, you know, instead of uh, deep diving into the X's and O's per se of what's going on with the Flyers, I know, I know, it's not been pretty, uh, and the Phantoms, which has been really good, uh, we actually have a very special guest joining Rick and I today, Bill Meltzer. Mm. You all know him. You all follow him on Twitter. If if you don't, you should be, Uh, but he is the contributor Right, contributing writer for the Philadelphia Flyers NHL uh, site. Um, he is completely tapped into everything Flyers, and he is joining us today uh, for a two-part interview. We're going to talk about the Flyers, but we're also going to talk about p- hot prospects that are coming up uh, through the system. So you don't want to miss that. And of course, uh, then later in the show, we'll just take a quick trip around the AHL and introduce you to this week's Player of the Week, uh, as well as give you just some other um, AHL news and send you on your way on this uh, beautiful, almost April day, end of March day, um, with a feel-good finale. So really, really top-notch, exciting show. The perfect show. It is. Absolutely. Uh, So, Rick, as we alluded, you know, kind of a little cringy when we say Philadelphia Flyers because they've been uh, mm, a little cringy lately, uh, a lot cringy. It's... uh, it's been quite a struggle for the Flyers ever since their big COVID pause, um, but they did come out with a win uh, in their most recent game. Uh, they uh, now set up to go on the road with, against Buffalo. There's a whole lot of things happening in the air. The trade deadline's coming up, and so, of course, who's the guy that we need to talk to, bring on the show, and get get to the bottom and the meat of, of all of the issues happening in the Flyers organization. Well, that would be Bill Meltzer, and uh, he'll be joining us now. It's always a great day here at the Press Zone Philly when we get to uh, be joined by our uh, our friend Bill Meltzer, uh, who's joining us today. We are, it's, uh, it's, we're a bit overdue in this jam-packed season, so we're glad to have you here with us today. But Bill Meltzer, the contributing writer for uh, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, uh, is here with us today. Bill, it's great to to have you on the show again. Uh, thank you, Amy. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and with Rick. How, how are both you doing? We're, we're doing, doing great. We're doing good. It's uh, we're we're almost out of March, and that's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it seems like it's been a very very long month. <laughs> it, it has. So you know, we're gonna. We, 
want to talk to you a bit about kind of all all aspects of of the organization today. Uh, we'll talk about the Flyers for a little bit. We'll and then uh, after we come back from a break, we're going to talk a little bit about the prospects. Um, so starting with the Flyers, the big story for this week is is really Sam Moran. Um, can can you just describe a bit? You know, f- of course we we've been following and covering Sam since, you know, his, his early days of turning pro and, and, and the injuries and difficulties and obstacles that he's gone through. Um, but for, from a, you know, from the NHL perspective, can you talk a bit about, just describe what it, what it means for a player like that to not only go through all of the injuries and rehab from that multiple times, come back, try a little experiment uh, at forward at the beginning of this year, and then out of necessity, fill in that defensive role for Scott Gordon. And that turns out to be where he's seen, you know, is showing he's most comfortable there, comes up and and makes a really clutch first NHL goal at the right time. No, absolutely. Uh, You know, Sam, as you just alluded to, it's been an incredibly long road. I, I, I think that you know, to, to kind of get a sense of the context of this whole thing, I think you have to go back to uh, November of 2017. And, uh, you know, Sam had a good training camp uh, with the Flyers that year. And, you know, it kind of came down to uh, a roster spot between uh, three rookies at the time. Uh, Travis Sanheim was a rookie. Robert Haig was a rookie, although Robert had an extra year of professional experience having come over from Sweden at 19. Mm-hmm. So we had an extra year in the American Hockey League and Sam. And all three players showed promise in camp. Um, it's very, very hard to break in three rookie team at one time in NHL, particularly, you know, particularly when you have a, a team that, um, you know, was kind of a bubble playoff team coming into that year and they, they were hoping to take the next steps. It's really you know, it's pretty tough to break in three rookies at once. But you, you know, go ahead about uh, five weeks or so after that. Uh, Sam was playing well, the AHL level. Um, Flyers had some injuries on D, and they decided they were going to call Sam up. And even though, you know, even though uh, Sanheim and Hag were both regulars in the lineup, they were going to they were going to run with Sam for a while too and see how that went. Well, not one day after he comes up, he's diagnosed with a psoas muscle tear. Um, and he has to get shut down. So never got never got into a game with the Flyers at that time. And if you and, and Flyers fans might remember that uh, the team was so banged up on day the Flyers had a game in St. Louis where they ended up with Brandon Manning, Mark Alt, and uh, Will O'Neill in his only NHL game, all in the starting blue line oh. that night. And the Flyers actually won that game. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they just, uh, you know, so somehow somehow they pulled that out. But, um, you know, Sam missed out on his opportunity there. And he got shut down until after Thanksgiving. He was out over a month, comes back in the lineup, and has another core muscle injury. So now we shut down until after Christmas. Um, you know, after after New Year's, the Phantoms had an outdoor game in Hershey, a game in Hershey against the Bears, an outdoor game. Um, Sam was back in the lineup for maybe his second or third game at that point. Lo and behold, core muscle, core muscle injury yet again. Gets shut down for the rest of the regular season, comes back in the playoffs, um, and then that, that famous five-overtime game, mm-hmm. uh, maybe his third game back, it's the first period of the game, 
uh, tears his ACL. So he's, uh, you know, so he's out for pretty much, he's already lost one year at that point. He misses almost the entire year the next year. Uh, comes back very late in the season. Um, gets a couple of games in, but not really enough to, you know, get acclimated again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now it's, you know, so now it's two years lost. You have the 2019-20 season, and uh, he, I think he's down for a game with the Phantoms just to get some conditioning in, and lo and behold, another ACL tear. So also on the right knee. And so now, now it's the third, third consecutive year. That he's missed. I mean, that just uh, that just is an un- unconscionable amount of time in a player's development cycle, and you know, I mean, that's uh, just you know, I mean, a player could hardly have any worse luck. And during during the height of the pandemic, I mean, I guess I guess that there was one benefit while the facilities were closed to most players, really all you know, really everywhere. Um, injury rehabbing players were able to go to the facility, so Sam was Sam was there. On an everyday basis, at the Flyers facility in Voorhees, New Jersey, the Skate Zone, um, you know, very lonely existence. There's seven days, seven days a week, mm. seven days a week, month after month after month, and um, so you know, rehab the knee a second time uh, comes into this year. Now, you know, after having missed essentially three seasons, you can't pencil him into the NHL lineup. Um, the Flyers looked at the situation where they had it in the playoffs last year, where they they got out muscled, um, certainly by the Islanders, uh, you know, in the in the second round series, and not the only reason by any means of the Flyers lost, but it was something they felt they needed to have. So, um, so Elaine Vigneault and um, Chuck Fletcher suggested to Sam, you know, would you consider playing wing? And they suggested he look at Matt Martin, you know, of of the Islanders, and said, you know, if you could be that kind of a player for us, come in, play eight minutes throw your weight around, you know, that might be a quicker route back to the NHL for you than playing D. And he said he would give it a try, and he did. And, you know, it, it was a struggle. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's hard for a player to switch positions mid-career anyway. You know, also given all the time he'd missed, it was it was pretty rough on Sam. I mean, he, he did try his best. Um, he needed, more than anything else, he needed games. So he went back, he went back down to the Phantoms. Um, he cleared waivers, and he... Um, you know, was assigned to the Phantoms for a stretch. And um, because of injuries on the blue line in Lehigh Valley, uh, Scott Gordon moved him back to defense. And he played well, was able to get his game conditioning back. Um, even after the Phantoms had a little COVID pause of their own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which actually was just, you know, it, it, Sam missed one game beyond that with a minor injury, but played well enough. And given the situation on the Flyers' blue line where – which has really been, you know, a, a real struggle for the whole team. I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, fi- finding one stabilizing pair has been a been a problem this season. So, you know, all all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, for the first time since November of 2017, there's an opportunity for Sam to play. And the first game uh, was against the Rangers, and that was that was an ugly, you know, that was another yeah. ugly loss for the Flyers. They lost nine to nothing at MSG, and then they lost eight to three. Um, Late, late in that game, um, Moran was able to uh, be in the same place at the same time as Brendan Lemieux, who, who you knew going <laughs> into the game. If there's one player Sam would like to go with, it's, it's Lemieux. Yeah. Um, you know, he basically pummeled the guy. He did. <laughs> and actually pummeled him all the way to L.A. because Lemieux just, just got traded for, you know, 
to the Kings. I mean, I'm sure the, I'm sure the fight wasn't the impetus for it, but it's kind of funny how that worked out. And then, you know, then you have Saturday afternoon's game. And Sam was having a good game anyway. You know, I, I thought he was playing well through two periods. You know, with Sam, less is more. Mm-hmm. When Sam tries to do too much with the puck, when he gets to running around a little bit after he gets in trouble, when he when he uses his size and his reach to his advantage, takes the hit if it's there, and just, you know, just makes the, the simple plays with the puck, that's when he's effective. And I thought he was having an effective game. And he got, he got the bonus out of it, too. And it's also talking about crazy circumstances because – he was out on the ice for almost two minutes uh, in the third period. Flyers got pinned in their own zone for an extended period of time. Um, and then they took two icings in quick succession. So Sam was never able to get off the ice. So his next shift after that happened only, you know, happened only be eight seconds long because he scored. Um, you know, big, <laughs> big shot from the point. There's traffic in front. And next thing you know, it's behind just circuit. So, if you go back and you watch the video and how exuberant his teammates' reaction Gostas, was, it was Ghost Bear was Ghost. yeah. I mean, of course, Ghost has been the organization with them the whole time. You know, he was in those development camps. He was they were you know they were together with the Flyers, and then of course Ghost had a little time with the Phantoms too. So you know, I mean, and everybody has seen how hard he's worked and just what a good guy he is. You know, Sam is such a likable guy off the ice that's why you know it looked like they were happier for sam than they were for themselves that's why that's that's the backstory to all that so you know everybody who knows sam and in any context has dealt with him you know we're really really happy for him and hopefully and hopefully now he stays healthy and he has an opportunity now to play there is a job for him to potentially you know run with for a while so you know hoping for the best couldn't have asked for a better start this time well, Bill, we can't get too far in this discussion without talking about Carter Hart. And uh, yeah. on Monday, uh, Alain Vigneault, um was pretty plain spoken in his comments. Uh, Chuck Fletcher has said that he believes in in, in Carter, but uh, that he's not at the, the top of his game right now. And Carter himself has been very uh, self-critical. And um, I... I I, I can't I can't help thinking about um, Stefan Waite, currently unemployed goaltending coach Stefan Waite, who who has um, uh, has a, a rule of thumb in his mind that that goaltenders need a minimum of 150 games in the AHL uh, to help their development, uh, and and preferably 200 games in the NA, in the AHL, and he, he constantly references. Corey Crawford, who was 250 games in the AHL, and he talks about how they need to experience the ups and downs and learn how to face uh, adversity. And with with Carter Hart only having 18 games in the AHL, and and really, um, you know, it didn't look that great. It was kind of a, 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 a an average kind of uh, career in the AHL, and and being rushed up to the NHL. Do you think that that's now? Uh, well, uh, you know, you planted that seed, and now it's it's uh, you're getting what you sowed, kind of thing with Carter Hart. I, I've heard that theory. Um, you know, I, I mean, listen, Carter did. Carter had rough October and not a great November. He was coming on before he was called up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that when the uh, the shoe dropped on, on Dave Axel, at that point he was in a surge in the American. You don't you don't know if it would have continued or whatever. But, you know, Carter played fine. He had a, he had a good rest of the season, you know, under, under Scott Gordon. Um, and then the second year, last year, he was better, even better. I mean, 
Carter Hart last season, you know, he set a, a franchise home save percentage, all franchise record, better than higher save percentage that Bernie Perron ever had, you know, on home ice. Um, goals against similar to Bernie's best seasons. And his home record was outstanding. You, you go, go ahead to the playoffs and um, you know, he gets the Flyers within a, within a game of the Stanley Cup Finals. He had two shutouts in the Montreal series. And although he had some ups and downs in the Islanders series, when those overtimes, he was unbeatable. I mean, the Islanders could have probably wrapped that series up a lot sooner, but Hart was outstanding in you know those overtime games. So, you know, you, I, I think that you know, I, I think that there are some goalies that are an exception. I think as a rule of thumb, it's a good thing for guys to get that extra development time. In, in Hart's case, I don't know. You know, I, I like in a situation a little bit the Pelly Lindbergh's because if you look at if you look at Carter Hart. I know you got to go a long way back for Pelly, but it's similar in this regard. Carter was WHL goalie of the year three straight years, one CHL goalie of the year twice in those three years, and he was a runner-up the other time. Um, wins a gold medal for Canada in the World Juniors, and then he has NHL success. So it's nothing but success after success after success, and this is the first extended. Adversity he's faced. I mean, and there is there is a mental component as well as a physical component. There is a. I mean, there are some mechanical things clearly going on because pucks are going through his glove. Um, you know, I never thought of him as like a weak glove side goalie. So some something is going. He seems a little off angle. Uh, it's you know you need practice time to correct that. But once something gets in your head, you know it's, it can be really tough to correct. You know, with Pelly Lindbergh, I said there are similarities there. It's the same kind of thing where Pelly, uh, you know. W World Junior Championship, um, you know, top goalie award, right? He debuts for the Swedish national team um, in the World Championships. Uh, the youngest goalie at that time to ever play for the men's national team. Uh, wins the, the bronze medal in, in Lake Placid. Comes to the American Hockey League. And uh, his rookie year in the American League, he wins rookie of the year, top goalie award, and um, also league MVP. You know, I mean, he swept, he swept every award you could, and he got the Phantoms to the Phantoms, got the, the main Mariners at the time, rather, to the to the Calder Cup Finals. So, you know, then he comes up to the Flyers, and his NHL rookie season um, plays in the NHL All-Star game. And then his second year, the adversity hit, and it was it was so bad, actually worse than, worse than Carter's situation, and he ended up back in Springfield in the American League for you know, several weeks. And Bernie Perron went traveled down there several times to try to help him get straightened out. He didn't really get straightened out even that year. But then the next year he, you know, the next year he's stronger for when he wins the Vezina Trophy. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if uh, if Carter Hart bounces back pretty strong next year. I mean, we all remember some of Harry Price's struggles. But first playoff. I mean that was that was actually against the Flyers, so I remember that series very well. And uh, in his second year, the first half in particular, he was like a lost soul that had the first half of the year. You know, I, I think you know I think with Carter that you know uh, we're still talking about what would be a, a small sample size, it's basically the equivalent of six weeks of struggling. I know his numbers weren't very good in January. I thought I thought he was more victimized by the team in front of him than anything else. Mm. It started to become a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, he had he had the game, he had the back to back games against the Bruins. Um, and we're talking about early February here, and the first game, uh, the Flyers carried a three nothing lead into the third period, and really the only reason they had the shutout going was because Hart was tremendous. 
Then in the third period, the Flyers give up three goals. Then they ended up losing in a shootout. And one of the goals, which was by Charlie Coyle, Hart probably should have stopped. Other two, no chance. Then they go right back to Hart, as they should have, you know, for the next game in Boston. And the Flyers get their doors blown off. And that was the game where, where Hart, you know, Hart broke his stick over the crossbar. And now it's on all the highlight shows. What's wrong with Carter, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, and Carter seemed to settle in a little bit after that. A couple, a couple of his better starts of the season. Then the COVID pause hits, and then there's the debacle in in Tahoe. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, the, the Tahoe game was not a goalie friendly game for any goalie. You know, uh, Tuka Rask wasn't especially sharp that game either. But uh, you know, he didn't see a lot of he didn't see a lot of rubber that game. Plus, he's a vet. You know, and. Ever ever since Tahoe, it's been a struggle, and it's continued to continue to roll downhill from there. So, what they're doing this week is that he is not going to where we're recording this today. You know, Flyers are playing the first of back-to-back games in Buffalo. It's going to be uh, Brian Elliott starting and Alex Lyon backing up, and then on Wednesday, one of the two, you know, either Elliott or Lyon will start, and the other will back up. So they're not looking potentially at starting. Carter Hart again till the, the end of this week at the soonest. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't second guess at this point is a developmental thing, but I do think it's important that the Carter gets back on top of this game and experiences a little bit of success again. It's funny how it's funny how quickly things can turn like that sometimes. But right now, right now, tough times, no question. Absolutely. Well, speaking of tough times, you know, uh, Ghost has had his share of struggles over the last couple of seasons, um, but. One comment that he made over the weekend, certainly, um, certainly post-game press conferences have been a uh, have, <laughs> have <laughs> this season in particular have uh, have generated plenty of uh, sound bites. And for him to come out and say that he feels that they're a team that's lost their identity, how big of a statement do you think that was for him to make? And and how do you think a statement like that reverberates in the dressing room? I think it was an important statement, you know, um, you know, much less, uh, much less of a dramatic statement was made by, uh, was made by Dustin Braun several days earlier where he said, this is a team that gets in its own head. And I agree with, mm. I agree with, with Justin 100% because I think that's what happens. Have you looked at the number of times that the Flyers have given up a goal or even if they start playing fairly well, as soon as the first adversity hits, the number of times the Flyers have given up a goal either right after they've scored one because they, they let down or, and especially after they give up one, giving up another one very within the next two minutes thereafter, Flyers lead the NHL in that, you know? And last year, the Flyers um, significantly cut their goals against average. And they were the stingiest team in terms of, of shots against. And, you know, they, they had so many positive areas where they trended, um, you know, uh, on a team-wide average a season ago, the Flyers cut their average shift by three seconds, which doesn't sound like much, but that adds up over the course of the game. The reason why the Flyers were such a good third-period team is players were fresher for the third period because they were taking shorter shifts and, and getting off when they could, you know, and, and not, you know, I mean, third periods have not been nearly as good this year as they were a season ago. And I think that is not the only factor, but is a contributing factor. Just so all these, these areas where they you know, kind of corrected things and got on the right track and gotten off track. And I do think, I do think it's a kind of a fragile team right now. Um, so I, I, you know, I agree with Shane and I agree with uh, Justin Braun, you know, and everybody has their own, 
you know, their own style, their own way. I mean, you know, Claude Giroux as a captain always tends to emphasize the positive. Even even when I think sometimes, you know, calling the team out publicly might be merited. Mm-hmm. I, I think Claude tends to try to keep whatever, you know, keep any of that within the room. I mean, I, I, but I but I do think I do think something had to be said publicly because the Flyers have been humiliated several times. I mean, you know, the Flyers sure. this month have already tied the franchise record for the most goals allowed in, in a month in the entire 50, what, 54 season history of the team. You know, they've had the worst defensive month they've had in team history. I think something strong had to be said. So, you know, I, I don't I don't have any problem with Shane saying that at all. As we uh, approach the trade deadline, uh, you say that the Flyers are are, are, are a flat, fragile team, uh, but certainly not out of the playoff picture by any means. And Chuck Fletcher sa- has said, we're not sellers. Um, with, with respect to a GM being a buyer or a seller, there's kind of a school of thought that it's a status that a team earns. Uh, that is that a GM is going to reward um, his team's play, a st- strong play, by going out and adding the pieces that they need or a, a piece that will take them further in the playoffs. So um, the question is, do the, are the Flyers in a position where they deserve to have Fletcher be a buyer or is he going out uh, and making a, a shake-up kind of uh, trade? What do, you, what do you expect at the trade deadline? I personally expect a fairly quiet trade deadline. I know that's not what people want to hear, but I, <laughs> but I think, but I think, you know, I think ideally, you know, when when there is, you know, when there are trades being made around the league, I I think that a team can be both uh, both a seller and a buyer at the same time. And what I mean by that is that you can, you know, you can subtract a couple of pieces that aren't fitting in, or players that don't want to be there, or you know aren't part of the long-term picture. But at the same time, you can have an eye towards improving your team both now and going forward. Um, the worst season in Flyers franchise history was 2006-07. Flyers were the worst team in the NHL that year. You know, like, I mean, it was just it was a disaster. It was a disaster of season, you know. And one thing that I think they did very, very well that year, because remember a year later, they were in the Eastern Conference Final, and they were, you know, a strong team in the regular season too. And uh, you know, I mean, how did they turn it around so quickly? It, it all started the year before that. Um, you know, they, for example, Marty Biron was an impending unrestricted free agent. Well, they traded for him, not, not to try to get in the playoffs that year, but to get a leg up on resigning. And along with along with bringing in Marty Biron, his best friend in Buffalo was Danny Briere. Mm-hmm. That helped. You know, he helped put a buzz in, in Danny's ear. Hey, you know, there's a good place. I, you know, good place for a family. Well, they're dedicated to turning things around. They re-signed Biron. They bring in Danny. I mean, I, I think those two things are somewhat tied together. They also set the wheels in motion for. You know, there was really there was two pieces of the Peter Forsberg trade. Um, you know, if Peter would have, if Peter would have been healthy enough to resign. Um, they would have resigned Peter, but you know Peter is it, and it ended up being a you know, career-ending foot problem, and he didn't want to commit to resigning. They traded him to Nashville as a rental player. They got um, they got Scotty Upshaw. They got uh, you know a defensive prospect of Ryan Perrin. They also got a first-round pick. Now, of course, Nashville made their push to the playoffs. Um, you know, I think they won one round that year and lost in the second. But right after the season was over. The 
that first round pick from the Forsberg trade was flipped right back to Nashville in exchange for the rights to Kimo Tiemann and Scott Hartnell were both free agents and they were both signed the same day, actually the same day as the trade. So clearly that was all kind of put together beforehand. That was, that was you know, those were the keys that the Flyers turn around within a year. Now I'm not saying, you know, you can do that right now, particularly with the flat cap and whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is you can, you can take away some pieces that aren't working out, you know, um, you know, and I'll, I'll use Eric Gustafson as an example because he can't. You know, he hasn't been able to stay in the lineup. Um, has not been a has not been a good fit, and is not part of the long term picture. You know, even if you're because he's because he'd be a rental for some other team, and you know, it'd be about a million one point two five million left in the three million cap at the stage of the year. But you can always eat some of it. You know, that that'd be a player I'd look to move out right now. You know, and if you can, you can add something. Not a not a rental because I don't. That's where I think when you think if strictly in terms of a buyer, you'll you'll trade some assets and add add a rental piece or two if you can, like uh, like Eric Stahl trade for example, Montreal just now. That's that's right. strictly that's strictly a rental for the stretch drive and playoffs. I don't think the Flyers are in a position like that. But if they can, you know, they can add particularly a defenseman who can help them the rest of the season. And, you know, for a few years beyond that, even if you are trading some pieces to get it, you know, I, I think that that would be a, a way to go. And if it doesn't happen now, I think the offseason would be a time to try to move a couple of salaries out when you, when it is a little easier to do so. And then, you know, also look to make a move. So I, I, I expect minor moves probably before the deadline this year, but hopefully some things that put some wheels in motion to do bigger things by next season. For sure, because uh, we, and you know, the hole that Matt Niskanen left ended up being a, a gaping crater. <laughs> yeah, <no> question. <laughs> uh, a little more than than was expected. So it will be uh, it will be very interesting to see how all, all of that shapes out with Fletcher. Um, we could talk with you about the Flyers all day long uh, because there's just so much to talk about. But we also do want to talk to you about prospects as well. So what we're going to do, we're going to take one quick break here. And when we come back, uh, we are going to be rejoined by Bill Meltzer, uh, the contributing writer for PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. And we're going to talk, uh, go down on the farm and even the NCAA and talk about some of the prospects. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, 
passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone Philly right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, and that's right, this this uh, podcast, the Press Zone Philadelphia, is all for you Flyers fans, uh, top to bottom. We come here every week, every Tuesday, to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, prospects in uh, the NCAA and junior hockey, and of course, uh, potential draftees as well. So you are in the right place if you are a fan of Flyers hockey. I should make a note uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter for all of our uh, live in-game coverage for Phantoms games and Flyers games or recaps and, and articles and so forth, be sure you're following us at the AHL Report and also be sure you're following us at the Flyers Report on Twitter. Uh, and so with that being said, we are also here with Bill Meltzer today. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the Flyers and our conversation continues with him uh, to talk about some prospects. And we are back with Bill Meltzer, contributing writer for PhiladelphiaFlyers.com here on the Press Zone Philadelphia. Um, Bill, thanks again for, for being here with us. The, the, the Flyers segment was tremendous. But, you know, as much as the Flyers have struggled this year, the F Lehigh Valley Phantoms have soared, um, you know, leading the division right now and, and having a, a commanding uh, dominance in their play, particularly from their young core, the Tanner Lazinskis, the Wade Allisons, the Tyson Forsters, the Zade Wisdoms, um, you know, m not to mention Igor Zamula on the on the back end. Um, overall, you know, Chuck Fletcher in his midseason availability talked about how perhaps in the next, in, in the upcoming weeks, there might be some opportunities for, for some young guys to get called up to have a look, things of that nature. What's your general perspective of, of the youth movement that's going on in Lehigh Valley right now? And who do you think are the one or two players that, that might have the best chances of, of getting that NHL call up? Yeah, I, I think injuries kind of delayed a little bit unfortunately you know uh, mm. before camp even started um they were talking about three players three players in particular lisinski and wade allison and lena sandine mm. as players who you know they're a little bit older uh you know they, they have a little more experience in, in uh, the case of lisinski and um you know allison at the collegiate level uh, and in sandine's case over in sweden um so they're physically mature they have games under their belt they just wanted to you know, get get up get up to speed on the pace of the game and, and you know some of the details that you need to play in the NHL before they could potentially be called off. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, Lusinski uh, had off-season surgery and uh, you know he wasn't ready to start. You know, he wasn't really able to participate at all in Flyers camp. And Allison had uh, an ankle issue, I believe it was. He was there the first couple of days of camp and he had to be shut down for surgery. So, you know, th those two guys and then Sandinas had some in-season injuries. Now that those guys are healthy and, you know, Isaac Ratcliffe is, is healthy now too. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a really rough go this off-season yeah, between did. the – you know, you know, collapsed lung and rib injury and a couple of surgeries. I mean, it was, you know, 
pretty rough variety there. Um, you know, I, I think that the way how quickly they've acclimated, you know, has been been really heartening to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now that Allison is in the lineup, I mean, he's you know he's scored in, in three of the games he's played so far. Brings a physical presence. The Flyers have been looking for a power forward type anyway. You know, I think Allison with his heavy shot and his style of play, as long as as long as some of those other details and, and he can can he can play the pace, is a guy who I think could come up at, you know relatively soon. I think Lisinski might be the first guy in line right now though, um, because Tanner can play center, he can play wing, mm-hmm. he can move different spots in the lineup. So if you want him in the top nine, that works. If you want him on the fourth line, that works. You know. Um, with Tanner, you know, it's just, uh, again, a, a little bit of just, just making sure he can play at the, the professional pace. And, of course, the NHL pace is even faster than today's AHL pace, which is, you know, it, it used to be a full stride difference between the AHL and the NHL. You go watch an AHL game and it, it, it looked like a full tick slow. I'd say it's a, I'd say it's, it's a half tick now, you know. <laughs> it, it's definitely, That's a good definitely assessment. Yeah, yeah, the gap is narrowed for sure. And, um, so I, you know, I think Lisinski might be the first guy in line, and and Allison, you know, hopefully at some point this this season too. Um, Zade Wisdom has been, you know, a revelation. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a player who still is 18 years old. You know, he uh, the the way that he's not just the goals he scored. I mean, the, the goals are a really really nice bonus because they're they're ahead of schedule. I don't think anybody was expecting to score that volume mm-hmm. in a pro league that quickly. But just uh, just how tenacious he is. In, in uh, puck battles, he's you know he's very good in the forecheck. He's hard to knock off the puck. He's impossible to intimidate. I mean, the kid does not is not scared of anything. So you know, although I think although I think Zade has a little bit of little bit of learning to do, and and yeah, I don't think they're going to rush him to the NHL right now. And you know, if the Ontario Hockey League does get going, I mean, we're we're already you know we're already talking about April. Yeah. But, uh, but unfortunately, whether you know however long the OHL season is. Then, uh, then wisdom and Tyson Forster, who's also who's also shown promise too, you know. And he was, of course, the Flyers' first round pick this year. Forster's hasn't looked out of place in the American League as he's no. gotten settled in, and he had an injury too. So, uh, you know, he had a you know little, little, little first, lower body yeah. first game, yeah. yeah, yeah, first first game. So he's back in the lineup. He's doing well. But, you know, when the OHL starts, if the OHL starts, then those two and, and Mason Millman are going to have to go back to their OHL teams just because of the, uh, you know, of the agreement uh, with the CHL, the AHL. But, you know, all three of those guys uh, have benefited from that, that taste of the American Hockey League. I think I think all three guys look like they have pro futures. Now, Millman, Millman in particular is going to have to add a, a lot of strength to his frame, but there's, there's no rush on him. You know, it's been you know it's been a good mix. I think in Lehigh Valley of young players and veteran players. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to also make mention that you know Max Willman is a player who really has come out of nowhere. Um, where you know you're talking about a guy who was was going to go to college as a regular student, wasn't even going to play hockey, didn't have, <laughs> a, didn't have a Division One offer. Um, but he, you know, but he uh, you know basically worked an opportunity and, you know, and turned pro and not, there were no guarantees. I mean, he had to start from the ECHL mm-hmm. for the ECHL. He had to earn basically just a, a chance to play for the Phantoms, earn an AHL contract out of it. And I was earning an NHL contract out of it. And Wilman has been outstanding 
for you know for the finals this season. So although he's a little bit of an older you know player, I mean, I, whenever you have a story like that, I think not only is it great for the player, it's great for other players to see too, because it, it shows that if you perform, you know, and keep improving. You know, there, there might be an NHL contract or an NHL chance for you at some point. And I, and I do think players look at those kind of things, you know. Um, so, you know, but I, I think in general, it's just a much better mix of, of youth and veterans uh, in Lehigh Valley than there was certainly a year ago. Well, last season did not go well at all on a lot of different fronts. Yeah. But I think that, uh, you know, I think they have, they have a good mix going. It would be a shame if there's no Calder Cup playoffs this year. Uh, we, That's you know, true. I, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know the way the way the Phantoms have been playing, and and of course it's all divisional games while we all playing the same couple of teams. But it's uh, yeah, it's been been really really good to see, and I and I think that some of these players maybe sooner than later you'll start seeing you know caught up to the Flyers. So speaking of Division One hockey, we're coming off a weekend with. Uh, uh, the NCAA regionals, which maybe can be described as eventful. Um, <laughs> no number one seed has advanced from the regionals to the Frozen Four, and um, uh, the Flyers had uh, some prospects, uh, some done, uh, but Noah Cates, his uh, season continues with UMD as they had that big five-overtime win over North Dakota. But wondered if you could talk about uh, the Flyers' prospects in the, in the regional tournament, Cates and Cam York and Jay O'Brien and others. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, well, York has, uh, you know, I mean, of course, he's, he's the biggest name among the prospects. He captained Team USA to the gold medal at the World Juniors this year. Had a fine collegiate season on top of that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lousy way for a, a player's or team season to end yeah. where, you know, it was the COVID protocols that forced, uh, forced Michigan to withdraw from the tournaments. They never even really were able to take their shot. Um, so that happened. That happened on Friday. So that uh, abruptly ended the season. I, I think that there still is a good chance that York is signed now, uh, whether that's on an ATO for the Phantoms for the rest of this year and a, an entry level that kicks in for next season with the Flyers, or you know, even you know, sometimes you have to burn that first year to get the player signed too. I don't. I don't know how all that's going to work out, but I, I would. I would expect York to see you know, see York as a pro, you know, pretty soon. Uh, Noah Cates is absolutely. I'd be shocked if he goes back, you know, for another year at, uh, at Minnesota Duluth. Um, and I know that I, I know that Brent Flair, the Flyers' assistant general manager, and Chuck Fletcher really, really like this player. You know, more as a more as a guy you can move around the lineup. So it's a little bit like we're talking with Lisinski, where mm-hmm. you know he can play he can play center, he can play wing, he can kill penalties. You know, he gives you that same effort every night. He's a, he's just a solid, reliable hockey player, smart hockey player. Um, that that game actually a little, little funny story. Um, you know, they just they just played that five <laughs> overtime game uh, with North Dakota, and you know I was I had the game on TV. And um, between the third period intermission, I thought oh, I'm going to close my eyes for a little while. I fell, I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep, and I woke up, you know, hours later, and I thought, oh, the replay must be on. Well, it was still going. Oh you know? no, it was still going. So, <laughs> went till 1:45 a.m. There about went to 1:45 a.m. Yep. So that was, uh, you know, just just an epic game, the longest game ever in, in uh, collegiate hockey history. So you know, it's up for grabs. As you said every every number one seed has been knocked out. Um, you know, last night I watched the uh, Minnesota against Minnesota State game, mm, yeah. and I, th- I thought that was going to be a, a well of a hockey game. It ended up being not much of a game at all. 
Um, you know, uh, Minnesota State jumped ahead 2 nothing quickly, and they just, they just bottled up Minnesota. They never got anything going. I mean, Minnesota's a better team than, than how they looked last night, but they just didn't have it. For sure. You know, and, uh, you know, and, I, and I thought, uh, you know, they have a – Minnesota has uh, Bryce Brodzinski, whose brothers and father, you know, father are both they're all are all hockey people. So um, you know, Brodzinski, uh, Brodzinski was a late round pick for the Flyers a year ago. So I watched hard for him, which is also part because I thought it was going to be you know, a really good hockey game. <laughs> um, so he, you know, he, he was knocked out, um, and I thought Boston College, you know, once uh, yeah. I thought Boston College had had a shot at winning the whole thing, and uh, lo and behold. You know, St. Cloud State kind of did a little bit what Minnesota Minnesota State did, where they were you know, they were the better team. They they deserved yeah, to win that game did. over Boston College, you know, and they just outworked them. Um, so uh, Jack St. Ivany is the Flyers player, Flyers prospect who's on Boston College. He had been at Yale, but because Yale's hockey season was canceled this season, you know, needed to play, so he uh, he, he transferred, um, and they waived the they waived the whole, the whole transfer protocol thing just because. You know, he had the yeah, players deserve a chance to play. So, you know, uh, St. Ivany is uh, he'll go back. He'll go back to Boston College as a senior next year. Uh, Jay O'Brien had a really strong uh, season this year. He had a disappointing freshman year, also injury related too, but just didn't play up to the level that was expected. Um, and because he was in NCAA transfer protocol, which meant that he either had to sit out a year. Or he had to play in a in a an amateur league. He went to the BCHL um, last season, and he did well, though he missed some time with injuries. But the, really, I think I think that year off of the transferring to Boston University really helped get him back on track. Now, offensively, he had a really good year. Um, I don't think he's ready to turn pro yet. I think he still needs to uh, you know add some muscle to his frame, needs a little bit more consistency, but you know, his shot is the real deal. He's yeah. very good in the power play. He's good in transition. He has some feistiness to his game. So that's a guy who if he could take another step forward, I would look for the Flyers to try to sign a year from now. And uh, see, the other guy was, was Gavin Hain, who played uh, for for North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, yeah, mostly mostly a third line kind of role. You know, north south kind of player gets in and four checks, and that's how that's how he plays. You know, his best game, if you were to ever make it as a pro, would be probably as a fourth line kind of type of player. But uh, you know, he scored a couple of big goals in in the regionals um, for for North Dakota. I thought he ended up, particularly in the latter part of the season, and making a nice accounting for himself. But it's uh, you know, it was, it was a group of six prospects, and now now Kate's is the one who's left. It's uh, it's nice to know that there's some some positivity coming down the pipeline. You know, there's, <laughs> it's, it's always the NCAA. Hockey is always exciting to watch. the 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 lead up to the Frozen Four, the Frozen Four itself, is always uh, unpredictable at best. Uh, but is is some tremendously competitive hockey, um, and it's just so exciting to see these Flyers prospects uh, getting on their way and and knowing that they're they're coming around sooner rather than later. So, <laughs> um, Bill, we uh, absolutely love talking hockey with you. You've got uh, such a great. Uh, you're an encyclopedia of of hockey knowledge and Flyers knowledge. And uh, we certainly appreciate you taking some time out to talk about uh, the, the organization from top to bottom as far as players go today. Um, we, uh, if Again, of, of course, we want to make sure everyone's following you on Twitter. If they're not already, that's at Bill Meltzer on Twitter. Um, and uh, we certainly 
appreciate you appearing with us today again on the Press Zone Philadelphia, and we can't wait to have you back again soon. Thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure. It's fun. Rick, every time we have Bill on the show, um, I feel like, A, I learn at least two new things about the Philadelphia Flyers that I hadn't heard before or hadn't considered before. Uh, and and B, uh, Bill is just a wealth of knowledge about the Flyers organization, and we can't uh, we can't thank him enough for coming on the show again today. Great insight. Always happy to have Bill. And, and uh, we get into a, a very thorough discussion each and every time he's on the show. We do, and we really, we really enjoy having him here. If you are not following Bill on Twitter, first of all, shame on you. Uh, and the way you can fix that is uh, by finding him at Bill Meltzer. Uh, he is the contributing writer for the Flyers NHL website, uh, and you can find him, follow him. He's a, a tremendous uh, wealth of information. And we thank him again for coming on the show again today. We'll have him back again very soon. Uh, We are going to take one last quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and we'll just fill you in on some uh, news happening around the American Hockey League. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back once again to the Press Zone podcast, uh, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We are so glad that you are with us today. uh, And uh, be sure, I've mentioned a a couple of uh, Twitter accounts of ours that you want to 
going to want to be sure you're following. But also, this podcast has its own Twitter account. You want to be sure you're following at the Press Zone. Um, great place to keep up to date on announcements regarding the podcast, uh, special guests that we'll be featuring. Sometimes you get some audio clips there and just general news about your favorite team as well. So uh, be sure you're following us at the Press Zone. Uh, And of course, in this segment, we go around the AHL and we start that uh, each and every week by introducing you to this week's uh, CCM AHL Player of the Week. And uh, this week, I saw saw our friend Patrick Williams basically uh, retweet this today and say, uh, that's how you make a statement when your NHL team sends you down. Uh, and that would be Hershey Bears forward Philip Maillet uh, is the CCM AHL Player of the Week for this week. Made his Hershey Bears season debut last week after getting sent down from Washington in three games, all of which Hershey won. Uh, he had eight points and a plus eight rating. <laughs> Not bad. So I guess I think Patrick's right. I think that's uh, that's that's how you show him when they send you down. Well, and and really, he played in those two months that he was with the, the Capitals. He played just one game. Uh, so this is this is what can happen when you let the kid play. That's right. Uh, <laughs> he had three games, eight points, and uh, and and he was Hershey Bears' uh, uh, leading scorer last year. So scoring's not. Uh, uh, you know, uh, foreign to him, mm-hmm. um, but he's had all this pent up energy and came out flying. Uh, the Hershey and Washington Capitals organization uh, also had some other news this week, which, um, you know, for the Phantoms fans and Flyers fans, uh, they play Hershey often enough, particularly this year, that this will be uh, news that you'll. Uh, be hearing lots of this name, and for uh, folks from the sh- uh, who who are Habs and and Laval Rocket or St. John's Ice Caps fans uh, listening to the show, this will be a familiar name. Um, we know that Zach Fukali uh, is currently playing in Hershey uh, with the Washington Capitals organization. He started with Washington. He was on the taxi squad for a little while and seems to have settled in uh, down in Hershey now, has had uh, quite a start of his season. And his season has had such an impactful start that the Capitals have already re-signed him. The Capitals have already re-signed him. That's right. Zach Fukali awarded an NHL contract for two years. It is a two-way contract, uh, but has, you know, Rick, after all of the adversity that Zach Fukali has faced and the ups and the downs and the playing in the ECHL for a while, uh, to to persist and battle back and keep growing uh, and maturing both with the physical part of the game, the mental part of the game, to scratch his way back at this point to a two-year, two-way NHL contract uh, is is very commendable and a big congratulations for Zach Fukali. It's been uh, it's been a challenge. He hasn't had a linear route uh, in his uh, hockey career, his pro hockey career. Um, he's, as you said, uh, the, uh, stops in the ECHL, uh, moved from one organization to the other, the Canadians, Tampa Bay, 
Um, and, uh, and now with Washington, um, you know, he's known for three consecutive years as, as team Canada's Spangler cup goalie. Um, and, and now at age 25, he's, uh, he, he's found his game. He's, he's been solid, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the AHL this year for Hershey and, uh, and, and really, uh, really, a tribute to his perseverance and, and dedication to the game. He's figured it all out. He really has. Uh, there are plenty of Montreal fans who are still big fans of Zach Fucali. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him. And for Phantoms fans, uh, you're you're going to see him an awful lot <laughs> in, in those contests against the Bears. So congratulations to Zach. Um, and of course, uh, before we get to our feel-good finale today, Rick, we should mention, um, you know, if you're listening to this show for the first time, or even if you're a longtime listener, uh, but you haven't yet subscribed to the show, first of all, it's really easy to do, uh, and it's the best way to be reminded of when a new episode has come out, because you'll get a notification, uh, or excuse me, being a subscriber, you'll always know. Uh, so what are the easiest ways for people to subscribe to the Press Zone? Hit the subscribe button. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I guess that <laughs> was a tough we're, question. We're on every <laughs> single uh, podcast app. Pick your favorite one uh, and uh, and hit the subscribe button. You'll also help us uh, if you're on, uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you rate uh, this podcast, that'll help. The other thing you can do is to share this podcast on your social media so mm-hmm. your fa- friends and fellow fans will uh, know all about the, the Press Zone. Absolutely. We really appreciate uh, all of our loyal listeners. And if you're just new to the show, we're glad you're here. We hope you really enjoyed today's show. We've got uh, a lot of great content coming for you. Uh, We've got great interviews coming up on the show uh, that you don't want to miss. They're exclusive interviews. You were not going to hear them anywhere else. Um, and yeah, we just, uh, we enjoy talking about hockey. We enjoy telling the stories behind the game of the people who, who make it work. Uh, and we're just so glad to have you along for the ride. So our feel good finale, we always wrap up with something, uh, uplifting to send you on your way for the next week. Uh, and we would be remiss if this week wasn't simply saying, Happy Passover or Happy Easter, whichever you celebrate uh, to our listeners out there. We, it's, it's, the, it's the ringing in of spring um, and a very special time for those who celebrate Passover or Easter. And uh, we just wish you have a very, uh, very joyful week and a wonderful weekend. And if hopefully if restrictions allow, perhaps you can have a Zoom call with your family or, or maybe uh, if you're in the same household, a, a lovely uh, meal together, uh, just something to celebrate the season. Um, and Rick, I wish you a happy Easter. Too. Happy Easter to you too. Hope the Easter bunny is very good to you and brings you lots of whatever your favorite chocolate. What's your favorite chocolate? Favorite chocolate? Hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, Henry bars are good. Okay. So Tw- Twix are good. Oh, I see we're on a roll now. Eat more. Do you get eat more? I don't think so. In the U.S.? No. no. So the Easter Bunny is going to be busy filling up your basket, I see. (laughs) Uh, That's all that we have, uh, all the time that we have for today. uh, And we're so glad you're here. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button. And next Tuesday, we'll be back with another fantastic episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media. Have a great week. 
click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.